JoeVertigan.com. On the record, we're here with a guy known as the Navarino Nightmare. Been retired for a little while, Terry Anvilink. Uh, Terry, is. we're here at Seymour. It's mid-September in 2020. Uh, his son, Nick Anvilink's running with the Dirt Kings uh, Late Model Tour. Terry, talk about how you ever got into this crazy sport of stock car racing. How it all got going for you. Well, uh, when I was a kid, there was a garage directly across the road, and there were three race cars over there. So... Who, who were those race cars? Who drove them? Uh, Dennis Chet Teske had one, uh, Jerry Demo had one, and uh, Jack Hillsburg was over there. So um, I actually catered soda back and forth on uh, Saturday mornings because the boys are usually pretty dry, you know. Sure, oh yeah. But yeah, that's how I got started in it. And then, what uh, year was this roughly, do you remember? Oh, that's back in probably, I'm going to say mid-60s. Sure. So at what point did you decide to take the leap and, and go racing yourself? Tell us uh, how that all came to fruition. Well, me and uh, my neighbor um, started building some go-karts of our own, and we wound up racing go-karts actually down by uh, Lyle Demo's place. They had, we had built a homemade track down there. That's how it kind of all got going. Then when I got into uh, high school, a few of my friends decided we should do some racing, so um, we went... One of our, one of my friends, Dave Richter, his grandpa had a shop in Landstead. So uh, we went over there. I had a old 59 Ford that I made a dune buggy out of that one time, cut the body. So we had the frame, and we uh, wound up cutting that down and putting it on a 65 Mustang and built our own motor, and that's how we got started. You chose the number 32. Is there any significance with that? Yeah, I worked with uh, John Schultz. He was my boss up in Shano when I worked at Bird Anderson Chevrolet. And we become pretty good friends over the years, so I, I picked his number. Talk about your first race. Uh, if, what track was it at? Were there butterflies in the stomach? Uh, that kind of thing. Uh, take us back to the year. Was it, what, 73, 74-ish? Yeah. Um, I think the first time, uh, well, the first year we built the car, Dennis Demo run it for, for the first year. And right. And then uh, the next year I made a few laps down at, and seem, or at, uh, Shyocton at uh, Sonny Mandel's down So you did race at Shyocton? Yeah, I made a few laps down there. What was that place like? Uh, well, when you just first start racing, it, you really can't right. compare it to anything because you don't know what the hell is going on anyway. Right, but that was all the, during the Coop era, was it not? Yeah, just starting to get into late mile stuff then. Sure. So, so it was mainly Shano. Did you run some Seymour and De Pere as well when you in, when you first got going? Yeah, once we got going, we used to run uh, actually run Oshkosh, uh, the old fairgrounds on Tuesday. We run Kakana on Thursday. Uh, Friday we run Seymour. Saturday with Shano and uh, De Pere or uh, yeah De Pere on Sunday night. When I interviewed you for uh, Life in the Past Lane, the Next Generation, I remember you telling me you guys liked to run Oshkosh because all the college girls, right? They used to go to the races there? Yeah, and I was back in my prime, so like, I always look forward to that one. <laughs> but Oshkosh, uh, Leo Galicia was a promoter, and there were some pretty big hitters that raced there. You had, you know, J.J. Enriquez and Roger Paul, Jerry Smith. You also had the Hales Corners and Cedarburg guys come up, so it was a pretty tough field, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, and it uh, was tough to make main on that one. But, um, you know, the they paid almost close to what we're getting now so i mean that's why it drew a lot of cars you know if you have if you have money it draws people and cars so it does um in the 70s i want to say it was the late 70s you kind of crossed the barrier and you won your first feature race i want to say it was at shano and that was pretty significant for you at the time because you beat the likes of jj smith and whatnot tell us about that night when you won your first feature at shano um 
I don't know how it all started out or where I started. I know JJ was uh, JJ was leading, and uh, I was running second. And it seems to me that I don't know if I got around him in one or two or whatever, but he was kind of throwing, running a different line every lap. He'd go down on the bottom, he'd throw some dirt and stuff across the track and up high. And I, he knew I was on his tail, I think. And I, I just I got lucky and got by him basically but uh, that was quite a feedback at that time because we were running you know pretty much close to homemade cars outside of the front stop them guys were all on the, he had the boys chassis back then oh, yeah. big money didn't he yeah the track burners yeah oh yeah uh so was that did that help terry anvilin kind of turn the corner in terms of his racing career and where you could run competitively at that time well you know over the years it's really always been uh kind of a, a struggle money-wise because we never had that big of sponsors really until uh, Mike Soybert come in in 2000. Right. And, uh, you raced on your own dime for a long time, didn't you? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Uh, what 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 people get for sponsors nowadays is pro probably a five-year sponsor for what I was getting. But right. The only thing that saved us is we did all our own work and built our own motors and right. ran these cars. Otherwise, you, you, it's almost impossible to do it. Into the 80s, in the 90s, and even into the 2000s, uh, on the on the dirt circuit in, in northeastern Wisconsin, there's three names that people refer to that won most of the titles and features: M.J. McBride, Pete Parker, and Terry Anvilink. Uh, that's what do you think of that? I mean, you guys mopped up a lot of feature wins. What kind of battles did you have with those guys, and, and what kind of relationship did you have off the track with them? Well, actually, as far as the relationship goes. I don't think you could ask for a better one. Right. Um, you know, we partied together. We uh, we did a lot of stuff together. Always conversed about everything. I'm not sure there was their ups and downs, you know. But um, for the most part, it was a very good friend. Didn't you have a story with MJ when uh, you guys got into it in the track and you guys were cool talking about it in the pits, but it wasn't the case in the crowd, didn't they? Didn't some fighting go on that time? Yeah, I think uh, MJ's dad and one of my friends got added up in the grandstand. We were sitting in a in a pits talking about what went on, and then all of a sudden they called for the cops to come up there. And then we looked up there, and then here it was my friend and his dad duking it a little bit. But you know, back then tensions got pretty hot. Uh, you know, it's a little different nowadays. But yeah, talk about uh, what year was it that you decided to pull the pin and get out of racing? Well, you know, that, that's a good question. I, I can't even answer that. Um, we were running yet in 2009, 10, probably 2010, I think. Uh, well, Nick started racing, you know, and, and it got to the point where I had Nick and Jared was in a modified and had three cars going. Yeah. Plus, we had some go-karts in there. So, I mean, it got to the point where I just couldn't, it was too much work, you know. You sit up like Kralovitz's all day Saturday in the hot sun and then go race and then if something happened trying to keep motors running and all that and Nick was coming up so I decided to uh, put my efforts towards him right um, any regrets in your career any highlights or things that you're most proud of uh, during your racing career any big wins uh, I don't know I mean we had a lot of races that we won a lot of races at our home tracks like I say we never had, really had enough money or the equipment to travel with but uh, I uh, won that legendary race up at Cedar Lake. That was probably one of the last big races I won. That was that was pretty nice, and uh, Nick was third, so we all we made her on the podium. So, what's your role now, if any, uh, with regards to Nick's racing program? Um, uh, do you assist in any way with building engines, or 
uh, lending an ear for advice. Uh, what kind of role do you have with Nick's racing deal now? Well, I still do all his motors and transmissions. Um, he basically takes care of the car and does builds the chassis and stuff. And I, 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 I throw a few words at him once in a while, but most of the time I think it goes one ear and out the other. <laughs> you know, we're 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 no back in the old days things are different, so right. you know that doesn't jibe with the new guys. So no, although sometimes I think it might if they would try it, but. Dirt late model racing, uh, th that division itself, uh, where do you think that class is headed? What can be done to draw some new drivers towards it? Because obviously racing isn't cheap, we all know that. You know, you've been in a long time. Any advice or suggestions that you would have to, to maybe turn this thing around a little bit and get the car counts up to a, a, a decent level on a weekly at the weekly tracks? Well, you know, as far as the cost of them, I don't know if there's that much difference between a good modified and a good late model. Anymore. Right. But I, I think it's easier for somebody to start out in a modified division because I, I think it's just the thing that they think, you know, the late model guy's been around a lot longer. It's going to be tougher for him to get in. But uh, in the years, few years past, uh, the, the young guys that have come up and moved into the late model division really shine. And there's a little more money to be made there. So uh, I, I would hope a few more guys would, would follow that. Any regrets at all on your racing career? Or does it end up being... 37, 38 years roughly? Do you know a, yeah, a total number? Uh, you're pretty close. I started in uh, 74, so, so what did that come out to be? 40. I can't long time, it. decades. Probably no regrets? No regrets though? No, no. Um, I, if I had to do it all over again, I'd probably do the same thing. Sounds good. Terry Inverling, thanks for the time. All right, thank you.